gentlemen oh yeah ladies and gentlemen that is the tune i got a different level of tenacity and veracity approaching the microphone today ah it's juneteenth weekend happy juneteenth yo but above all of that happy father's day weekend to all the fathers the grandfathers man all of y'all taking care of business yo poke your chest out a little bit y'all take and relish the day off on sunday and then come back around and have an amazing and illustrious juneteenth celebration on monday y'all oh it's gonna be a great and dynamic show today but you know how we do it y'all let's do it how we do it and then let's kick it how we kick it no matter the weather this is where birds of a feather come to flock together at 12 p.m listen to me at 12 p.m it's my time to bring you the sunshine and from the north to the south to the east to the west listen please do not stress and the reason being is because you know listen to me you know that you are blessed it's your hostess with the most is tyler campbell aka mr tc speaks mr real life real talk himself and i am live and wild on your radio dial with a smile on my face Mm -hmm, yes energy to waste that's right and if you're looking for inspiration unity and community then watch this my brothers and my sisters watch this it is guaranteed that you are in the right place and so you already know Mm, let's go ladies and gentlemen what so we can grow and i want to rewind that thing back slow down and flip it and reverse it and go back to the top of the show juneteenth weekend for those of you who don't know right because it is now a holiday but i gotta throw this out there because somebody may not know it in your heart of your hearts it is a day to stand up and shout why because in the state of texas juneteenth june the 19th stands for the day of freedom uh for for slaves in the state of Texas, right? You had the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth is popular because uh, word didn't get to the state of Texas until two years after that document was released. And two years after that was when slaves was slaves were released in the state of Texas and freedom was officially granted. So therefore, we have Juneteenth. Therefore, you have that Monday off. Therefore, we should all give a hand clap and shout through the radio waves, all right? So it is an absolute joy to be rocking with y'all, and it has been a week, right? It has been a week. I think if y'all tuned in last week, I kind of gave some hints as to what was taking place in in my life and the life of my family uh, coming into this week in particular, and I like blessed to have the opportunity to wear my gift, right, where my gift was going to give the opportunity to align my father, Earl Campbell, with one of the greatest showmen of all time, in my opinion, Steve Harvey, right? Family feud, Steve Harvey, right? Steve Harvey, the judge, right? Steve Harvey, the comedian. Can you Steve Harvey, FM radio show, nationally syndicated? Yeah, that's Steve Harvey. Going back to 2020, uh, Steve Harvey would reference my, my family's sausage company and so for two years, write this down, y'all. If you want it, you will have it. You just have to be willing to put in the work and stay consistent with it. For two years, I searched for an opportunity to have my family donate our smoked sausage, Earl Campbell Smoked Sausage Company. Y'all know I got a background in smoked sausage. And so for two years, I found a connect. After two years of searching, I finally found a connection to give our sausages, to donate our products to Steve and Marjorie Harvey's mentorship program. And if y'all don't know about it, yo, you can Google it. Steve Harvey has a mentorship program for young boys that has been going on for a long time, ages 13 through 18. He receives over 3,000, 3,000 applications a year to try to be one of the 200 uh, children that can attend the camp. And y'all, it is an amazing camp. Right? They take youth, they take their cell phones away. There's no access to TV. Steve brings them down to the Rock, Georgia at his ranch, which is over for 1,500 acres, and he purchased it for $7 million from the CEO, the uh, Mr. Truy. I'm trying to think of his name, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Kathy, who was the former CEO and founder of Chick-fil-A, purchased the, pro- the, the ranch from them, 1,500 acres, and he has the boys for like a week. 
right? Takes them from that avenue of boys to men, gives them support. They get speakers, right? They get love. They get games. They're able to kick it. Y'all go to the ranch, man. Y'all will be blown away. There's go-karts. Man, they got trampolines. They got zip lines. They got fishing. They they have literally everything that you could imagine, but also there's mentoring taking place. And so I loved it because it really shed a light and gave space to men, right? I can't think of a time as a young boy, and a lot of the fellas, y'all, y'all listening to the radio waves, man, think of the time where you felt like as a young boy growing up, you were put in an atmosphere where you could voice your feelings, right? Voice about things that you've gone through and things that you've seen with other men. You from a boy have a space and a platform with other men to talk about life, right? To talk about how you navigate through problems, how you navigate through relationships, how you navigate through hurts, how you learn that essence of manhood, how you learn how to tie a tie, right? These are the things that that he is giving to youth and he uses his fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi, man, he uses Everything with resources from Coca-Cola, all these people that come together that help him with mentoring to the youth. And for me, I was able to connect my father with Steve Harvey after so many years. Finally able to connect my dad with Steve Harvey. Uh, they exchanged words. My dad signed a jersey for Steve Harvey. And and now we will always be the official sausage donator down at the camp. And so it was just a joy. Uh, I encourage you, man, if, if, if it's something that you know of, of a young man who really needs this pick-me-up, who really needs a man to stand into their lives as a teenager in the ages 13 through 18, look up this camp. Look up the Stephen Marjorie Foundation. Look up the mentorship camp that he has. It was just an absolute joy to be a part of. And I told my dad on the way back from Georgia, I told him, I said, man, happy Father's Day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my gift to you. You wanted to connect with Steve Harvey, and I felt gracious. I felt proud because the man up above used my gift to be able to put me in an atmosphere where I could get in touch with the folks at the Steve Harvey Foundation. My gift of speaking allowed me to get in touch, and then through getting in touch with the foundation, I was able to connect my father he was able to have moments and time with Steve Harvey. They laugh, they joke, they talk about Cleveland Brown football. Steve Harvey is a proud member of the Dog Pound. Uh, he's seen my father play. He would be in the Dog Pound when my dad was going to Cleveland to play ball. So it was just a great thing to bring full circle. And and I take away from this, I want to challenge everybody, uh, especially, I don't mean to be you know biased, ladies. This is going to be a show for everybody. But, but you know, I take pride in Father's Day. You know, I, I'm blessed to have an amazing father. And I want to pay homage and love to all the fathers that are out there, you know, taking care of business. You know, think of a a way that you can live your life amongst young men where you take the time in your in your foresight and moving through your days, moving through your week. Where if you are around a young man, uh, someone in your family that you love dearly, see if you can create a space that that young man probably has never experienced in his life where he can vibe with you as an elder man and be able to feel comfortable to talk about things that are personal matters of his life. Because if you can get a young man comfortable enough to talk to another elder man or to seek outreach from an elder, then wisdom is going to be granted, then pitfalls are going to be hurdled, then that means that young man gets comfortable uh, voicing emotions and feelings, right? And you don't have a walking wounded uh, man as he's growing older, suffering from the the, the trip-ups, the shoestring laces that have gotten tied up in their own personal lives. You know, we all that, y'all, we know how it is when you have young boys climbing to that level of manhood, but they look like a man on the exterior, but their emotional level is that of a child. Those are the things that we want to eliminate. So, man, proud moment, right? Super duper excited to be able to do those things. And, uh, yeah, I want, I, want, I want to challenge everybody with, with this notation as well. You know, you never know the doors that your gifts are going to open up. The challenge is when, when doors open up, I'm encouraging you to walk through them. All right. So here we go. We continue in this essence of walking and how gifts make room. And sometimes people get caught up with me as a speaker. Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks, sending you text messages. 512-337-3776. Shout out to WebMD, the big company. Y'all know if you have questions over the Internet about your health, a lot of times when you don't just go to Dr. Google, you look up WebMD. 
And so things are continuing to evolve for me and for which I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for this audience. I'm so thankful for everybody's support through the radio waves because I believe this radio show is the big reason why WebMD even reached out to me in the first place. And so now y'all seen it, right? You've seen the Real Life Real Talk Amazon bestseller. Uh, I mean, you see me at Real Life Real Talk at the radio show. You see uh, the Amazon bestselling author in the ball that came out, Life from the Other Side of the Field. I thank y'all so very much for the support. And, and then the podcast that's out there a Campbell never quits right now we've evolved to now I have a personal blog on WebMD WebMD reached out to Tyler Campbell little old me in Austin Texas and they asked me to be a, a, a personal a personal patient advocate blogger for them on WebMD to utilize a perspective right to further build a case of mindfulness right mental health awareness right inspirational words right visibility for men's health and they asked me to write a blog for them every once a quarter and so blessed to be purchased again right the kid who struggled with alcohol at the age of 16 the kid who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis the the kid who was growing up on the west side of austin and had struggles finding himself with his own personal identity and finally got a, a breath of fresh air through discovery of words those things have continued to evolve and now you can look up my first ever blog post at webmd look up tyler campbell and you will see you will see the first ever uh, blog post that I have and so now I will be publishing my own written documents of my heart of hearts and how I can help inspire men right to be better advocates of their health to help bring light into a multiple sclerosis community to help black men uh, who have been diagnosed with the disease on where and ways in which they could turn and just overall patient advocacy help within you know the 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 MS space the mental health space and the inspirational words of empowerment space. You know, that's where I'm coming from. But a big part of the reason why I'm now published now is because of you all as listeners to this doggone radio show. Man, I I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't question it. All I can tell y'all as listeners is, man, I am thankful. Big E, man, I'm I'm thankful. JJ, man, I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm thankful. Martine Barrett, man, I'm thankful. Marjorie Winston, I'm thankful. Uh uh uh, uh average Joe Crane, man, I'm thankful. Everybody who is a listener, I appreciate y'all. Uh, because things are spreading in ways that you can't, I can't even fathom and understand. And those are the things I always tell people, yo, your gifts in life will make room for you. And uh, I think you just have to be obedient. You just have to learn to stay the course. You just have to walk in comfort. And I think we're going to dive a little bit deeper into all of this, what makes things so incredibly powerful, what is going to set this Father's Day weekend, this Juneteenth weekend on a whole nother level, what is going to get you ready to get yourself, to get your mind, to get your heart in a situation and path where you can not only uh, be a blessing uh, for you and your family, but you can be blessed you can be a blessing to the masses of people that you don't even know. How do you do that? Man, we're going to talk about that on the other side of this break. And I'm coming from a place of love uh, here on Real Life Real Talk. Stay in, tune in, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time here at 104.9 The Horn. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen, so we can grow. Catch you on the other side of this break. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I got my R&B jam going from the bottom to the top. I got man. I'm taking y'all to my childhood. I'm taking y'all to my childhood. Tyler Campbell, aka Mr. TC Speaks, Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself. All right, sending you text messages five one two three three seven thirty seven seventy six. And y'all know this man. Y'all can also communicate with me uh, through email. Tyler at TC Speaks. Dot com. Visit my website. Leave me a message there. I am TylerCampbell.com. I am at, listen to me, I am at TC Speaks 32. My listeners know I always reach back out. 
I always show love in the DM. Slide me something. I'll get right back to you. What else? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? Your man TC is here for you. This is Real Life Real Talk. Thank y'all so very much for tuning in. If you missed that first segment, just talked about being able to give my dad the best Father's Day, in my opinion, I've ever given in terms of gifts. I, I gave him the opportunity to have his one-on-one conversation time and catch-up time with Steve Harvey. And we talked about you know being able to go to the mentorship camp that he holds uh, over 3,000 applicants comes down to about 200 and some odd young men that get to go to his camp at his 1,500-acre 15, ranch that he purchased for $7 million uh, from the former CEO of Chick-fil-A. And it was just an awesome opportunity, uh, truly a blessing. You just never know how your gift will bless other people. So be open to that. We'll navigate that as we go further, especially when it comes to different levels of gifting. But, uh, you know, I want to get into that let that marinate on your cerebrum real quick. You know, I travel a lot. Um, shout out to to uh, uh, VIP DRVR, uh, the, 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 uh, the concierge service that I'll use, man, those guys who get me to the airport. And the driver told me something as he was picking me up from the airport. And shout out to Eddie, man. Great insight, great communication. Eddie told me this, and I want to let this marinate on your cerebrum today. The results of the extension. Wait, hold, let me say this one more time. Let me say this one more time because I got it. I got it. Got this wrong. All right. The results in life that you experience. That's it. The results in life that you experience are the extension of your intention. The results in life that you experience are the extension of your intention. And when he told me that, bro, I was like, yo, I immediately put that in my notepad. I was like, man, I got to marinate on that because I got somewhere to go. Because listen, this week, I don't know if y'all saw it on social media, there was a lot of write-ups on Allen Iverson's Reebok contract, right? Um, Allen Iverson, NBA All-Star, Allen Iverson, NBA Hall of Famer, Allen Iverson, trendsetter, and one of my favorite basketball players of all time. I'm ba- I'm biased, right? That Allen Iverson, and it was revealed on the contract that he signed while playing with the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA when he first got his Reebok contract deal. And Reebok had the foresight to offer this. This is amazing. With Reebok, ever since 2001, Allen Iverson signed a lifetime contract contract with them for $800,000 a year. That's one thing. But then at the age of 55, when Allen Iverson turns 55, he will make $32 million for himself. Check written from yours truly, Reebok. And it's like I'm, I'm looking at the extension of your intention because out of all the other companies that were going after Allen Iverson, the big one being Nike, he decided to sign with Reebok with that rookie deal, coming out with his first shoe called The Question, right? I have a pair of them now, right? Came out with a lot of great shoes Allen Iverson did and really ushered a lot of sales Reebok's way. But, uh, you know, the results that he's experiencing in life right now, not even dribbling in a basketball, are the extension of the intention with Reebok. And the reason why I want to go there with it is because they looked at Allen Iverson, right? And they said, this is not just going to be some basketball player we're going to make money off of. Like, this is a basketball player where we are going to be intent about the extension of hand and love that we are offering him to have him be able to generate a stream of wealth, a stream of income even long after he uh, gets done playing basketball. And that's not the, the, the always the mindset of corporate America, especially dealing with professional athletes. Why do you say that, Tyler? Look, I, I learned from my father. Like, I learned from what I also see in business. Not always is it written like that. For him to have that type of contract after football, I mean, after basketball, not picking up a ball and still being able to get paid $800,000 a year and then a $32 million contract when he turns 55, like, that's, that is literally somebody being intentional about an extension of love that they offer and they see past just a figure, just a sports person, just an all-star, just all the titles to, to seeing a place of genuine love for another individual. And so a lot of the, the things that you see in life, right, the results that you are experiencing, how about your relationships, bro? What exactly do they look like? Are they long-lasting, right? Do you have people around you that are good for you within your inner circle, right? How, how are you in terms of sustainability? during levels of employment like what is the extension of your intention because if the extension uh, if the extension is what you have and your intentions are always good 
with other people, you will be fruitful. If your extension of your intention is always on the positive, then likely you're going to be surrounded by positive people. If the intention of your extension is spot on to be fruitful, to have promise, right, to be supportive, to be somebody someone can count on, I guarantee you, you lay your head to bed at night feeling a lot more peaceful about who you are as an individual. And it's because you are having the the right level of intention behind your extension and your outreaching of your hand. I don't care what it is that I do. Um, I dang sure am going to be intentional about giving people all of my heart, regardless of if it's a person who I don't know. That's just who I am, bro. I'm a a giver. I'm a lover. And if I can't let my heart speak, if I can't let my heart uh, breathe, if I can't let my heart love, it actually comes back to me um, and hurts me in the long run when I live my life. All right. So so uh, what are the things that you need? Uh, to, to create a level of positivity in your life, yo, it's the intentions behind what it is that you do. In your relationships with people, are you are you with or shaking a hand or hanging out with person because you're trying to get something, but try, because you're trying to gain favor, uh, because you're being selfish, or, or or do you actually surround yourself with people just because you love who they are? Right. Because you appreciate the conversation. Right. You, you, you value loyalty. Right. You value trust. What are the intentions of your extension that you put out into the rest of the world? Because you're going to get back what it is that you that you put out. I mean, that's the belief that I have. I mean, when I look at the Allen Iverson situation, when I saw that article, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yo, Reebok had that outstretched hand of extension and they were intent about taking care of Allen Iverson long after his playing days were done, right? And you would hear stories about Allen Iverson spending all sorts of money and spending tons of money on his family because he he loves his family, spending money at clubs. Like You would hear all these outlandish stories, and Reebok said, uh-uh, that ain't going to be us. Like, now nah, we're going to have a different level of intent with our relationship, so much so that we're going to take care of Allen. Because he's giving us something in sales that we've never had before. He's given us something in wardrobe we've never had before. He's given us something from the hip-hop community that we've never had before. And as a result, we're going to look after him and his family in the long run, even after he's done. Come on, y'all. 55 years old, you're going to get 32 mil? Man, come on, y'all. $800,000 a year and you ain't shooting a basketball? Come on. Lifetime Man, come on, y'all. That's special. Right. But then you see the level of intent that people have about making sure that a friendship is intact. So what are your intentions in life? Yo, how is it that you approach people? Right. Can people see all through uh, what you put out into the atmosphere? Right. Um, Is it is it genuine? Right. Is it love? Um, So as a result, if you're looking back at your life and you don't necessarily like the situation you're in, Ask yourself, what was the intent behind the decisions that you made in life, right? What was what was your intent for for moving to a certain area? What was your intent by taking on the job that you have? Was it was it all about the money? Right. Was it because you you wanted something that was uh, would allow you to be more complacent on your job? Was it because you needed something that would give you a little bit more freedom, but you stuck in the same situation because you got comfortable? What are the intentions behind our decisions? Because if you look at the extension of the intention behind it, you will understand why you are where you are right now. Mm -hmm. It's not always like a karma thing. Right. It's always we got to look at ourselves and be mindful of the decisions that we have made that have put us in the place that we are in. Right. Because there's always a motive behind it. There's always an agenda behind it. But if your alignment is right and if it's going to put you in a place where your heart is speaking, right, where your heart is breathing, right, where you're allowing yourself to walk in true identity and authenticity, nine times out of 10, you are going to be satisfied with the position that you are in in life. Now, you may want more. I'm not saying that. Like, you may want some upgrades, right? You may want another level of promotion, right? You may want a better lifestyle, but at the same time, you're not mad at the place you are in because your decisions have aligned with where it is that you've wanted to go, all right? But you have to look at the intentions behind why you made the decisions that you made. And if they are negative, 
right? If it is to get over, right? If it is decisions that are made not to not to necessarily uh, help other people, but to always be selfish, then that that yo know, that well's gonna run dry on you. And and so those are the things that I invite you, man. Those are the things that I encourage you as listeners to take a look at. Yo, what was the extension uh, of the intention that you were trying to carry out? And nine times out of ten, the reason you are where you are, be it positive or negative, yo, that's what had you had something to do with it. Um, and then you can change you can change some things from there. Uh, but I thought that was cool. So shout out to my man Eddie who laid that on my spirit and laid that on my heart. He wasn't thinking of Allen Iverson, and he probably didn't think I was gonna take a message from what he was telling me. But man, sometimes you hear something, yo, it causes you to stop, slow down, and I think that helps us segue into what we're gonna be talking about on the other side of this break. Because when it when we're talking about goals and we're trying to go to another level in life, bro, you have to sit down and get quiet. What does that mean? Right. I'm going to break that down for three principles on what sitting down and being quiet will do not only for you, but those who are around you as well. All right. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Tune in. Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks at TC Speaks 32 on all social media platforms. And y'all know the deal. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. What? So we can grow. Grow. Check y'all on the other side of this break. Come on, y'all. Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks, Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself. The crazy things I do for love. Oh, man, I'm tapping you. Listen, with Sammy, who is the singer, who is the bumper music of our entire show, I'm taking you back to the, the album he made. This is a young man. He was 13 years old when he was singing these songs. The artist you hear, he was 13 years old from Boyton Beach, of Florida. 13 years old. His name was Sammy. He actually went gold um, off of this particular album. I think his single, I Like It, which we'll play in the next next segment, um, helped make the album go gold. Can you imagine being 13 years old, having a gold record? Like, wow, bro, I can't even fathom that. And so, man, this was an album I jammed when I was 14 years old. I still remember the color of it. It was yellow with a black S on the inside. So if you want to know why I got that R&B flow, man, coming up on... Coming up on Father's Day weekend, I started to think back like, wow, man, I'm 36 years old, you know, happily married to my amazing wife, Shana. We have three kids, Cheyenne, Sage, Messiah, you know, and you just look back. And so I started thinking about my childhood, and I was like, wow, life has flashed. And I started thinking about, man, some of the music I listen to, and I jam this CD all the time, right? So there's always a method to the madness. There's always my heartstrings peaking. Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks. If you missed us in the last segment, I'll let that marinate on your cerebrum. Or the result uh, in the last segment was the results you are experiencing in life are uh, 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 the the things that we are experiencing in life are the result of the extension of our intentions, right? Meaning like where we are in life right now has a lot to do with how we've chosen to live our lives. Like the, the way we've chosen to extend our hands in life. Have we gone into situations out of selfishness uh, because of things that we're going after? Are you fruitful in your life? Are you at peace in life because you have a good heart? You're somebody who tries to help other people. Do you lay your head rest at night? Are you looking at the disease that you have um, in a way of constantly overcoming because you have a heart that always uh, keeps you thriving, right? Keeps you looking at the positive side of things. It is a direct extension of your intention. And so uh, those are the things that we talked about and the way to analyze ourselves and letting that marinate, like how do we outreach and what's the intentions behind our decisions, right? Very important. You got to start thinking about that. What is your end goal of really what it is that you're trying to gain, what it is that you're trying to do with everyday decisions in life. And uh, nine times out of 10, the things that you are experiencing are because of the intentions that you had behind your decisions. Some of it can be positive, right? Logically, we have positive results. If the intentions were uh, you know, negative, trying to constantly get over people, um, trying to cut corners. Yo, you are where you are and you're not thriving because of the intentions behind that. So those are the things we talked about. But really quickly, getting into our message today, I want to title this message, Yo, Sit Down and Get Quiet. All right, sit down 
and get quiet. And a lot of times in life we feel like we are stuck, but I feel like we're missing the ball. I feel like it's not that we're stuck or or we're missing out or 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 life is dealing us negativity or man we're on punishment at a phase of which we are in life. I feel like life is just telling us to sit down and get quiet because we're missing what it is that we're supposed to be utilizing our gifts for, right? That thing, that superpower that we have in our life, that thing that separates us from any other individual on the face of this earth, that thing that could be utilized to directly change the dynamics of your family, your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, yo, that thing, your gift. Um, When we aren't using it wisely, sometimes I feel like life has to sit us down, right? Life has to tell us to get quiet because when you are quiet, watch this, when you're quiet, you listen. Right. And when you are listening, that means you are active. And when you are actively listening, that means you're able to put together purpose, a plan that will allow you to go to another level in your life. But you can't get there if you ain't ready. You can't get there if life don't sit you down somewhere and say, look, my son, my daughter, like I need you to get some things straight right now because I'm trying to get you to another level and you missing it. So get quiet. All right, principle number one, this is the thing that happens when you get quiet and you have to sit down. All right, patience is discovered and resiliency gets reclaimed. Write that down. When when life has to sit you down and get you quiet, right, you can't move, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're trying to do this. Normally doors open over here, normally someone pick up the phone over here, normally somebody will be for you over here and there's nobody there, like everything is stagnant, stuck, you're not moving, nothing is working. Patience gets discovered because things are now out of your hands and then a level of resiliency gets reclaimed because now you got to fight through what you're going through and then you become resilient as a result. I'm a kid. The running back position will always be my favorite position in sports, right? I played it. um, My father played it. It's just a position that I love. Although I believe it is dearly undervalued in the game today I feel like it's the most one of the most important positions outside of quarterback on the field that's just me when you run the football yo you 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 put the game you put your opponent in a chokehold uh, until they can stop you man it's one of the most impose your will type of things you can do is run the football down on your opponent's throat and they can't do nothing about it but that's just me okay so hear me out when I thought about you know, what patience does, you know, how you discover patience in, 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 in the midst of sitting down and getting quiet and how resiliency is developed. You know, being a child of the 80s, growing, I mean, baby, born in the 80s and a child of the 90s, you know, I watched the San Francisco 49ers as a result a lot. I'm a Cowboys fan, but the 49ers were on TV very frequently. And I remember 1998, they had a running back <clears throat> by the name of Garrison Hurst. And all of my college football historians, you know, coming from the, the state of Georgia, this is what made it pop up in my head. I remember, like, Garrison Hurst, uh, Georgia Bulldog, right? Somebody who is one of the top four running backs of all time in rushing yards in the uh, for the University of Georgia. I looked it up, man. It's Herschel Walker, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, and Garrison Hurst. Somebody who made it to the Heisman voting finals when he was there. He was in the same class as Gino Toretta, Marshall Falk, San Diego State Aztecs. I got to shout it out. And then my man, Garrison Hurst. So he got into the NFL. Uh, career did not go as off as quickly as he planned. For for first four years, he bounced around. And that fifth year, he got to the San Francisco 49ers and in 1998, rushed for over 1,500 yards, right? Had an incredible, incredible season. Um, had the best yards per carry in the NFL at that time with 5.1. I mean, my man was a stud. So he comes back for the next year expecting a fantastic year. And then what ends up happening the following year is that he ends up breaking his ankle, horrific injury against, come on, Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons down in Atlanta. And the game plan at that time, even though you had Steve Young, even though you had Jerry Jerry Rice, even though you had all these great faces of offense on the, on the um, San Francisco 49ers, Steve Mariucci and Jim Young would tell you, I mean, uh, Steve Young would tell you that the game plan was to run Garrison Hurst. And so when Garrison... Got his ankle broken. Obviously, they they lost the playoff game. They didn't have the historic run that they wanted. But what was unique about the the injury was it was so horrific. It took Garrison Hurst two years to rehabilitate from the injury. 
Um, there was a blood disease that developed. Uh, he had to take a bone out of his hip, put it down through his ankle to help repair the breaks that had taken place between ankle and, I think, fibula area. So it was a debilitating injury. When Garrison Hurst made his comeback after two years, right, he ended up getting into uh, shape, great shape and great form. When he came back, he rushed for 1,200-plus yards, right? Ended up winning the Walter Playton Comeback Player of the Year in 2001, had 1,206 yards as to speak. And what people said, this is where it all comes back into the message. This is where it comes back to um, patience is discovered and resiliency gets reclaimed. The biggest thing that opponents defenses would say about Garrison Hurst's game was that when they played him now, Garrison was more patient when he ran the football. And it made him that much more lethal because he played the game in such a way that he allowed holes. He allowed uh, things to settle. He was patient with the ball in his hand, and that was different than the previous Garrison Hurst that opponents had received two years prior, which was attack mode, downhill, lethal. But now he was more patient. And that was, I believe, developed by the way that he approached his rehabilitation process and by what he had learned resiliency-wise through getting through what he went through from a rehabilitation standpoint to get back on the field. Yo, Garrison Hurst had to learn patience to be able to sit out in the NFL for two years, and when you left the game, you had the most yards per carry average in the NFL. You rushed for 1,500-some-odd yards. Now you got to rehab for two years. To rehab for two years and stick with the dream, you have to have some level of patience. And then you have to reclaim that level of resiliency that helped you get to the NFL in the first place of the way you approach adversity. And those same things are true with you, my brother and my sister, in your everyday life. When you are going through your go-through, when life has literally set you down and made you get quiet, when you're trying to do things your way this way, when you're trying to open up doors and they're slamming in your face this way, when friends are turning your back over, they're their backs on you over here, when you are trying your best to get out of a rut and nothing seems to work, it's not your fault. It's that the man up above, it's that life is trying to get you to a place where you need to sit down and get quiet and reevaluate. And in that moment is your preparation to be that comeback player of the year, right? It is in that moment where patience is going to have to be developed in your life because you recognize everything that you're trying to do by yourself, bro, it ain't working. And it's because some things have to be changed in your personal. Some people have to be brought to you. Some relationships, some grooming have to come your direction and you won't be open to them unless you are patient. And then by that time, because of the storm that you have weathered, come on, somebody, the storm you have weathered because you're just trying to stay afloat. You're just trying to keep head above water. You're just trying to get up and get to work. You're just trying to be somebody to raise your kids the right way. You are just trying to do enough to pay your bills. You're just trying to do enough, right, to create an extension of happiness and joy in your household. And you are struggling to stay above water. It's in those moments that resiliency gets birth. And a person who is patient and a person who is resilient, oh my gosh, you can't be stopped. Garrison Hurst could not be stopped. Where most people would have just retired from the game of football with a horrific injury like he sustained, my brother came back, stayed hung, stayed working out around the team facility. And when he approached the field after two years, he got an added level of superpower that took him to a whole nother level as one of the best comeback stories in the history of the National Football League as Garrison Hurst. Yeah, he might not have won the Heisman. Yep, his first four years in the league might have been a struggle, but doggone it, he is a story that if you love the game of football, that is a name that you won't forget, and that's Garrison Hurst. So when you have to sit down and you have to get quiet, be on the lookout because in this time, patience is getting discovered, right? And resiliency is getting reclaimed. Ha. Ah. And here comes your fame. Hey, I love y'all, and I respect y'all. Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks, rocking to the bumper sound music of Sammy, my 14-year-old childhood. All right, I'll catch y'all on the other side of this break. We'll dive into the last two principles of how important it is to sit down and get quiet. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen, so we can grow.
Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks, Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself. I am at TC Speaks 32 on all your social media platforms. Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself. Tyler at TCSpeaks.com. Yo, I am TylerCampbell.com. Go grab that Amazon best-selling biography. The ball came out. Life on the other side of the field. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, special thank you to Sammy. Like I said, this man was 13 years old, or this young man was 13 years old back in 2000 when he developed this album uh, that ended up going gold. I was 14 years old, entering into my freshman year at West, or 13 turning 14, entering into my freshman year of Westlake High School. I was a year behind everybody. Jammed this album all the time. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Happy Juneteenth, right? Celebrate Juneteenth. Make this a part of your holiday time uh, because it's a special moment in our culture's history. It's a special moment in this country's history. Yo, so make it a great weekend. Y'all be safe out there. We are talking about sitting down and getting quiet. Uh, Just in that previous segment, I ran through the story of Garrison Hurst, running back from the San Francisco 49ers, who in 1999 suffered a horrific, horrific sports injury uh, with his ankle, developed a blood disease, ended up having uh, to take two years off for rehabilitation, had to have four surgeries, took bone out of his hip to implement it bound into his his ankle region, ends up becoming the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2001 when he returned to the field uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. And what people learned quickly about him, what other opponents said about him, was that he was more of a patient runner. So then you click for your boy, and I think about when life sits us down, right, when we feel stuck, uh, when nothing seems to be working, right, when life keeps moving and we are just here to stay. We can't get an outlet. It is in those moments where we are just needing to just sit down. Don't move. Don't try to rush. Don't try to break through. Don't try to get out. Just take a second to get quiet, sit down, and get quiet. There it is. Sit down and get quiet. And when you start to do those things, Patience. Come on, Garrison Hurst. Patience is discovered, right? And resiliency gets reclaimed because now you're going to have to learn to weather these blows that life is dealing you. You're going to have to learn to bounce. You're going to have to learn to roll. You're going to have to do these things. And resiliency and patience are what are getting set as a foundation for you. And when you have that foundation, now we can move forward. So we talk about foundation. Principle number two now, What when you sit down and get quiet and you develop the patience and you've got the resiliency, then what comes is a respect for your gift that emerges, all right? A respect for your gift that emerges. So now you've gotten quiet. Now you're listening, which means you're getting more in tune to yourself as a man, as a woman on this earth. You're getting more in tune to who you are, which means now you're about to start bringing your gift to life. Because when you discover yourself, you start to think about what is it that I'm good at? What is it that I do? What is it that I love? What is it that I am missing? What is it that life needs to bring to me? But now that I've gotten quiet, I can listen. What what thing that would normally come to me in any other circumstance? And I would totally deny it because life is going good. I would totally ignore it because I got what I need. I would totally ignore it because me and my wife are on the same page right now. I would totally ignore it because me and our kids, yo, we are solid right now. I don't have to look for something different. But when you are quiet, when you are dealing with some stuff, now you searching. You're open. That's what I'm saying. You are open. You are patient. You are listening. And now you're ready for resilient. And that's when a gift will start to emerge. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis since 2007. Come on now. Right. And I'm a firm believer that if life hadn't started to change for me, if I hadn't have been dealt an autoimmune disease, I don't feel like I would have been opened to the world of speaking that started to come my way. Mm-mm. Nah, because football, football would have been everything. Right. It would have just been about going to school, keep my grades, put everything in football. I would not have been listening. I would not have been trusting. I would not have been open to the gift of speaking. But when the life, when the man up above sat me down, took my limbs away, right, made my speech become a stutter, gave me a neck jerking twitch, dealt me paralysis and then started to usher me into a speech class. On the back end of those things, I became open to the world of speaking. I didn't understand it at that particular time, but I was open. I was receiving. I was I was loving this new environment that speech was dealing with. Because life had to sit me down and life had to get me quiet. When you're quiet, yo, a respect for a potential breakthrough, a respect for 
a, a, a potential why that develops, a, a, a respect for the fact that you have something that the world could not take away allows you to receive the gift that's emerging in your life. When you caught up in the hustle and bustle, right, when you get that unexpected, unprecedented success, you, you may not marvel or respect the gift that you have in life. Mm-hmm. But when you go through some stuff, hello, has anybody out there ever gone through some stuff? Like when you go through some stuff, um, you start to look through the world at a different lens, right? You got your antennas up. You're, you're listening. You're, you're communicating, right? When you go through some stuff and it ain't all glorious, you, you change your surrounding of people you hang around. Like when you go through that dark tunnel in life, um, things change when you get on the other side of that. And so sometimes when people who have gone through their go-throughs in life, they've gone through the wildness, right? They've gone through the crazy decision-making, and now they're, they're ready to receive. They're ready to embark. They've got a level of wisdom and maturity about themselves, so now they can maximize over the gift. You get what I'm saying? So when you are forced to sit down and get quiet and you are being humbled by life, you're actually in the best place that you could possibly be for the gift that gets placed over your life. Or perhaps you need to go back. You've ignored your gift because money has come your direction. You've ignored your gift because you discovered something else that you think is allowing you to be more fruitful in life. But that's not necessarily it. That's just a short, uh, unexpected level of success. But you're looking for long term, right? So you, your gift is actually there and a respect for it comes out of your go-through, right, out of your patience, out of your willingness to sit down. And so that's what I want to encourage people. And so when you look at life, is it really punishment or is it just a, a time of immediate direction? A lot of times we say, man, we're getting punished. I ain't moving nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I'm stuck. The world is moving. Are you getting punished or is life just trying to reroute you? I love it. My wild receivers, right, they're trying to get a reroute. Or excuse me, my defensive backs, they're trying to reroute the wild receivers with their hands. Is life just rerouting you? Right. Is it just is it just immediate redirection that is trying to get you back on the path to 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 appreciate the gift? And so I want everybody to change their outlook when you feel like you are stuck, because what may be potentially happening is you have to develop a greater sense of respect to not let that gift be dormant anymore. It might be a greater level of respect of where life is trying to take you and being open to receiving the gift. I didn't want to speak. Right. Y'all know this, man. I had stage fright. I didn't I didn't want to be a speaker. Right. I, I waited to my senior year to take freshman speech. But but being open to walking through those doors, it changed my life. I had to sit down and get quiet, took my physical, took my limbs, took my speech. Man, I had to get down and get quiet and just say, man, OK, I'm going to be open to some new things because obviously my life ain't about to be the same. All right. I might have played Division one college football with MS, but it wasn't playing the way that I played before MS had struck my body. You get what I'm saying? I had to go through life and look at it from a different perspective, and that's the reason why I share what I share. All right? Principle number three, the beautiful thing about when you've gone through the first two things, when you've gone through patience, when, you, when you've reclaimed a level of resiliency, when you have a respect for your gift that has emerged in your soul, watch this. Because a lot of times people try to do this first, but you got to, Get comfortable in the gift. You got to have the resiliency. You got to get the patience to then handle principle number three, which is now you get ways to bless. Excuse me. Now ways to bless others are revealed. Write that down. Principle number three. After sitting down and getting quiet, this is the best part. Ways to bless others are revealed. All right. So so now you you've sat down. You've gone through patience. You've gone through resiliency. Now you have a gift that is emerging and you're happy about this gift. Now you utilize the gift to bless other people. Man, all I did when it came to this Steve Harvey nonsense, y'all, all I did was utilize my gift to get a step closer to putting my father in a situation where he could lay hands, where he could celebrate, where he could fellowship, where he could have stories back and forth with Steve Harvey like he had been wanting to do for so many years. It came because the gift emerged, and then I've been utilizing the gift to help other people. Doors will continue to open up for you, and you're going to open up even more doors for other people, and it's going to be centered all around your gift, not what somebody else has done. It's going to be totally, authentically you, and the way that you operate will allow you to bless others. Your gift will bring in the people you need to build a force field around you and help you, help you create a dream. 
right? You don't have to go looking to try to do something else like somebody else. You can put together, come on, Martin Luther King, you put together your own life's blueprint, your own gifting blueprint as to how you will bless other people. Now, that's the gap bridge, right? Because here's the deal. A lot of times people get caught up with the gift. They keep the gift. They accept the gift, and they keep the doggone gift to themselves and don't utilize the gift as a means of blessing other people. And then I'm here to tell you, if you don't going to do that, if you're not going to do right but by your gift, then life will knock you down to principle number one, and you will back getting stuck being humbled by life, and you're going to have to rediscover patience and then get equipped with a level of resiliency because you didn't embrace your gift as a means to help bless other people, and now knife is, talk- is knocking you down so you can be humbled all over again. And what I don't want us to do is go through a repeat process of steps one and two all over again because we can't get to step three and realize that we are supposed to be opening doors for other people with the gift that we have. Supposed to be helping people with that doggone gift. Not just doing things to benefit you. You got to use the gift and find out a way. How can my gift, how can what I do, how can what my craft, how can my sports, how can my athletic ability, how can my speech, how can be my arts, how can, how can my literacy rate, how can these things help bless somebody else? Will you use your gift to start a nonprofit? It's up to you. Will you use your gift to create more volunteer time? Will you use your gift to start your next great Steve Harvey mentorship camp? Will you use your gift to be a blessing? If you don't, you will get knocked down to step number one. And I don't want that to happen for you. Okay, so you have the responsibility to then look out for the ways in which your gift will be a blessing to somebody else and help others. All right, those are the three principles, y'all. Sit down, get quiet. Yeah, you're not on punishment. No, we're just trying to get to a place of of getting you on the right path, right? Because blessings are waiting for you that you can also bestow on other people. All right, it's Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks, Mr. Real Off, Real Talk himself, at TC Speaks 32 on all social media platforms. Tyler at TCSpeaks.com. Check out that A Campbell Never Quits podcast. Go out and get that Amazon bestseller, The Ball Came Out, Life from the Other Side of the Field. Head to WebMD. Find your boy on there as a patient advocate. You will see my first ever blog post, my first ever blog post centered around men's health, uh, multiple sclerosis awareness in the black community, multiple sclerosis awareness for men. Got to create more platinum, more more platforms for men, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in with what we do here on Real Life Real Talk every Saturday, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. What? So we can grow. Peace.